Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Welcome to Sex, Lives and Videotapes. Thank you to all of you who've been listening to the archive shows whilst I've been locked in my house. I'm delighted though to be recording again um, and it's been a little bit of time coming. So I'm in my home studio and you may not have listened to a previous Sex, Lives and Videotapes and you may be thinking, what is this woman and what is this crazy titled show? Well, simply over the last five years on Soho Radio, I've been welcoming guests that I think are extraordinary and I've been asking them for their six favourite pieces of music when unfortunately I leave them stranded in Soho. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce our guests today. I'm welcoming today Sade B and Anna Firan, who are part of the Black Exchange. The Black Exchange is a social initiative that engage in critical conversations that lead to action in the fight for equality and justice. Anna Firon is a filmmaker, photographer. I'm going to say that again as though I, you know, have had my cup of tea this morning. Anna Firon is a filmmaker, photographer, editor of Blue Magazine. Her creative practice focuses on centering imagery of black joy and exploring black and queer narratives. Sade B, English, is an independent conceptual designer and artist. Anti-clone is the concept which defines to not conform to suit society. They've come together to create this incredible thing called the Black Exchange. I'm delighted to have you both with me here today. How are you doing, girls? Yeah, doing well, um, considering it's a difficult time, but we've just been pushing through and focusing on the Black Exchange and seeing what kind of positive changes we can make through that, because obviously it's, it's a time where we're, we're collectively hurting and there's a lot of emotions. Yeah, I think right now we're just thinking about action plan and things to do for the future obviously there's a lot going on especially globally and obviously we can't ignore what's going on in London but with that we're just trying to focus on basically making plans for the future. Okay this is really positive because this is a this is a very testing time and the nations are rising globally uh, to shout out the injustices that have occurred over the last 200 years the systemic racism the brutality, the unnecessary murders. But how did you girls come together to start this activism? Well, we were both exhibiting together at um, an exhibition in, in Hackney, in East London. 
And with that, we realized that we had just simply a lot in common and wanted to develop our ideas together. We bonded just naturally through our art, then a friendship developed, and then we realized that the conversations we were having were always along the same lines. And we would, yeah, we would always talk a lot about um, identity, and we were both um, spending lots of time reading books, trying to relearn our history, um, and, and just kind of just our different experiences of um, being uh, mixed race women um, and, and our upbringings, and also um, in terms of um, our different experiences within the creative industry based upon that as well. Yeah, I think especially we are, we're black, but we are, our heritage is mixed. Mm. And especially when you're a creative in London, we're quite lucky because it's very diverse. But then at the same time, whilst you're trying to express yourself through your art, obviously knowing where you're from and your history is quite important. Well, for us, it is with our work anyway. And yeah, it's your identity, isn't it? It's your, it's your ID. It's your DNA. Yeah. So obviously... Sorry, no, go on. <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm, I'm listening. I was just... Um, basically, I was just saying that with, with expressing who you are as a person, obviously knowing where you're from and your history is quite important, but we both recognise that being mixed-race black women in London, the history that you're taught, in all honesty, is quite frankly quite basic level it's not actually your history it's more British history and it's retold in a way that is not necessarily quite pure so with that we were having to express and explore but it was it was just nice having somebody to do that with somebody yeah. and recognizing that you both were on the same direction and just trying to evolve as people you know and, and then I think that and then I think really with the Black Exchange, we kind of just wanted to expand on the conversations that we were having between us. And we were just kind of like, we know that mm. other people are having these conversations in private. But I think it was about um, coming together to create community with these conversations. Mm. And how can we all come together with our shared experiences and actually try to move forward and come up with solutions and action that we can take? So is the idea behind it that it is a safe space? Yeah, definitely. It's a safe space for everyone to just basically come to terms with perhaps their own past traumas. But it does, it's not all about trauma. It's about everyone exploring their journey, but exploring it with a group of people, as well as relearning your history. And then with that knowledge, sharing it with everyone who's in the room. It's definitely meant to be a safe space. Everyone's welcome, but... Quite frankly, when it comes to our history, as I said, it's not necessarily was told to us in the purest way. So with that, it's about bringing the community together. And, and, and does that include the LGBTQ plus community as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, completely. Um, that's that's it's, it's really important to me. Um, I'm a queer woman, so... Um, um, but also it's like our experiences are very, are all very different. And a lot of the things which I talk in, in my work is in intersectionality. Um, there are multi facets to our identity and thus you can experience different levels of discrimination and whatnot based. So you, do you know what I mean? Like, um, um Audrey or talk, sorry. This, this is really interesting. Um, as part of a, a podcast series I do called uh, The Everything Project, I was talking to Josh Rivers, who used to be the editor of Gay Times, and he, we were talking about the intersectionality between being black and being gay and how that's quite a complex relationship. Um, 
and how the black community actually have been quite harsh on gay people in the past and how that conversation needs to be had as well. Yeah, well, there, there are issues of homophobia within the black community, just as there's issues with homophobia across society. But I think um, when you look back in terms of history and stuff, a lot of the homophobia that is within the community is learned from Western ideas. Um, because um, pre-colonization, pre, um, pre I, I don't think homophobia was the same. It's these attitudes have been learnt, mm. and unfortunately, um, we're still we're still holding on to these ideas as as everybody is, and we're we're all on a journey of um, unlearning these things. So I asked you girls to choose six tracks, and you're very cheeky. You actually gave me seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one, isn't it? How did you find the process of choosing six tracks? I think it was about thinking about um, songs from the past that really have an impact on what's going on right now in today's climate. We can't, we can't ignore what's going on. It's quite frankly, it's everywhere. It's in the news, it's on social media. And I feel like it was definitely, it was important to us to choose artists who are black, quite frankly, especially as black people, black women it was important to see other people's story and the fact that even some of the songs are from the past, they're still relatable and current now. Yeah, um, because I think um, actually our, our final track was actually re-released um, from 40 years ago. And I think it's just, it's, it's, so, it's so telling that these songs still resonate so much today. Um, although there have been some elements of progress, it can feel as if, there have been none at all at the same time. Definitely. Okay, so your track one today is Childish Gambino, This Is America, the most provocative music video, incredible words. Why have you chosen this one as your track one? I mean, is it on the back of the injustice of the murder of George Floyd? Well, well I think um, everything that happens in America, I, th I think, in, in the black community, you feel it, everybody collectively is grieving because you can recognize that this could be, this could be your family member. Um, but also I think with everything that's happening in America, it is in inciting the rest of the world to also have these conversations and start to question um, the institutionalized racism within, within the society. Globally. Globally. And also, especially with the music video, even if, though the song itself is of course powerful, the visuals that came through that music video, nobody can, can forget it. And what's sad for me is recognizing and remembering the music video and now seeing through social media some of these scenes that mm -hmm. are actually now being relived in reality. It's no longer just a background for a music video. These things have happened and they're continuing to happen. It's your track one and we're going to play it for you now. Okay, that was uh, very hard hitting. Um, a powerful opening, girls. Shade B, I'd like to just talk a little bit about what you do. Can you tell our lovely listeners about the world of Shade B? Well, my name is Shade Byford, um, Byford Crouch, but I actually named my brand Shade English. 
my middle name is just basically B. But um, in general, it stemmed from being within the arts and fashion industry and recognizing that even there, you're told that you're allowed to be free and express yourself. However, they still wish for you to, confer, to conform, sorry, to be a certain way. Like even when you're expressing yourself, it has to be dictated to you how you can. And if you express yourself in a certain way, it's not correct and X, Y, and Z. So for me, I recognize that basically everyone coming out of art school around me, they were almost clones of one another. And that's when I created the concept anti-clone, which was me just basically expressing myself freely. And though it's a concept, it's not just that, it's basically who I am. And with that, I created a design different, it's not, it's basically, it's unisex, so it's for everyone. And then with that, I also do visual art, so that comes under film, photography, and painting. Fantastic. I'm in 2016, probably. Yeah, and so, um, so are these, so can people buy items from your website? Yeah, it's all online. I haven't put a new collection out recently because I only do limited edition best folk pieces now. So there's nothing available apart from visual. You can get photography work as well as canvas and paintings. But in terms of clothing, everything is sold, thankfully. More to come soon, hey? Um, could yeah. you please give a shout out to your uh, website, please? That's www.shade-english.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Now. Um, Track two is by an absolute hero, Lauren Hill. Uh, the track you've chosen is Lost Ones. Anna, can you tell me why you've chosen this as your track two? Um, I, th I think we, we chose this as our track two, as I feel like um, we, we really, I've always loved Lauren Hill. Um, and I think Lauren Hill's so amazing because she just tells it how it is. Um, and, and I, and I Ruffles doing that though, hasn't she? <laughs> she, I mean, she, she's, she says it, she says it. I think that's the thing, she has no filter and that's why we respect her as a woman because quite frankly, from my opinion, whenever a man ruffles people's feathers, it's not spoken about so much, but if it's a woman and a black woman at that, it's an issue. So that's why we chose her. Okay, I think it's a really, uh, important track you've chosen and actually a really iconic artist we're going to play it for you now girls lauren hill the lost ones this is sex lives and videotapes on soho radio and today i'm joined by the black exchange okay so uh hitting today aren't we this is my first show back out of lockdown and we're we're giving it to them but i think it's really really important um anna you and i once upon a time worked together i have been so delighted to see how your career has grown grown and how you've flourished creatively i feel like i haven't had my cup of tea creativity <laughs> creative, creatively kelly <laughs> creatively cool. Um, so, Anna, can you tell our lovely listeners a bit about you and the kind of work you do? Yeah, um, so um, my creative practice kind of started primarily with photography. I'm actually from a graphic design background, um, but I've been doing a lot of photography. I have my own magazine called Blue Magazine, which was actually created out of a desire to see um, a diverse representation 
of black beauty. And by when I say diverse, because I think in, uh, in the fashion industry, um, it can often be quite token and it can often be people who appear to be more palatable to a wider audience. Um, so I think it's important to celebrate black beauty um, in all shades, all features and all hair textures. And all sizes, um, and all sizes, yeah, Anna? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and um, I've recently moved into filmmaking. Um, my, my recent film, um, The Muse, which I did for Channel 4 for Black History Month, um, and I showed that at the VA that was looking at um, queer Black narratives. Um, so, and yeah, that's kind of the direction of my practice as I move forward. And where can people see that? Um, you can see it on um, Vimeo, you can see it on my website, and I also did an interview with Geldem, um, so it's still up there on their archive as well. So this is a really big moment in your career, uh, creating content for Channel 4, and then it being shown at the V&A. Yeah, it was great. I think um, it was, it's, it's really important because I, I remember like actually a few years back um, when there was the, um, the Geldem takeover at the VA and it felt like it felt really amazing to see the space filled up with so many black people and diverse because generally you when you go into gallery spaces, you don't necessarily see that um, reflected in the wider audience. And I think it, it, was, it was interesting to actually show my work in the VA, because obviously um, the VA has a history of, well, basically stealing art from other countries. Um, so I think it's interesting to go back into these spaces and particularly share, sharing, your, sharing your voice, because I think often, often, um, black and queer narratives are left out of the general media. Um, so it's important that these stories are told and particularly told through our own gazes. Absolutely. And I think what you said with reference to the editorial is just so important. The other day I found out that Naomi Campbell was the first black cover girl, but do you know when she was, do you know when it was? 2002. And that just feels so shocking. She was a uh, cover girl of Paris Vogue. And in 2002, I was like, is that for real? Like, that is quite shocking. Um, so I think really important work you're doing there. Um, and Anna, if people wanted to reach out to your website, how do they do that? Um, so my website is www.annaferron, which is A-N-N-A-F-E-A-R-O-N.com. Uh, when I saw your track three, I was so happy. It's one of my favorite tracks of all time. It's Roy Ayers, Searching. Why this one, girls? Um, well... Well, I think it's it's such a it's such a beautiful a beautiful song. Um, it was also on the soundtrack um, for Queen and Slim, um, which is a really pivotal film. Um, if you've not seen it, you you should see it, and it's very relevant to the time now. And it, I think yeah, it, it felt very very relevant to now.
Okay, let's play it for you. This is Roy Ayers searching. You're listening to Soho Radio. So I'm so pleased that you girls have joined me on this first show back because as we started the top of the show, after the injustices that have been occurring, the lives that have been lost, the systematic racism that has been occurring, there is a massive uprising and this is a time of change. I would love to hear from each of you if there was one resource that anyone who maybe felt that they hadn't, hadn't had a voice before, if they felt like they didn't really know where to start in terms of getting educated or uh, learning about black culture or how to make a change amongst this time, is there one resource that you guys might be able to recommend to our listeners so as people can go and learn, get the facts, and then be part of the change? I would say it's about history and quite frankly obviously you won't be able to get that within the current educational system because it's not written. I always have felt like people who are writing these history books it's usually from people who are the winners and that's not necessarily the truth but I would say the best historian who's known as the black historian would be Robin Walker. He's very He's knowledgeable in all history and history that you won't be able to find on Google but history that actually comes with facts and facts that are still existing. It's not something that, you know, people state exists and it doesn't, it simply does exist. There's, there's um, images that come along with all of the texts and you can actually go to where it's located and see all of these history, mm-hmm. historic facts. So Robin Walker's a very good historian to look at. Thank you. Anna? Um, I'd, I'd, um... I'd say um, from a a black British perspective, um, because I think also when we talk about black history, it tends to focus um, primarily on America. um, And um, we very much have um, a black history, but but it's it's tricky because I always find it quite, quite irritating to use the term black history because it actually is world history. It's everybody's history. colonialism, colonization didn't happen just to black people, other people were involved. Um, But I think um, if you're looking at contemporary reading, I'd say Afua Hirsch is British, is amazing. Um, Also Akala natives. And then I would say in terms, if you're looking in depth into um, black British history, I'd look at the historian um, I've I can't remember his name, David, um, he did the Black and British series on the BBC. You can also watch his, I can't remember what his surname is. Don't worry, what we'll do is we will reference um, that David, that important David, in in the show notes, don't you worry. Um, We're all human, I couldn't even say the word creative at the beginning of the show, this is fine. So what... People, so it's, it doesn't just end with David, you know? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It does not end with David, Sade. So I just, um, I think it's, um, we'll put that in the show notes. Um, don't you worry. So um, let's talk about the Black Exchange. How can people get involved? 
Well, we had our first event in March and that was open for everyone. It's always going to be free. We don't want it to ever affect the community or for people to not feel like they can attend due to costs. Um, but overall, it's an event. Everyone comes and gets together. We all have conversations. We choose a topic every time. Obviously, due to lockdown currently, it's moved to online thanks to social media. But overall, the topic is put out at least three weeks before we have the event. And that way, people can give in and submit their questions. And we're having it currently all online. But once um, you know, social distancing measures are a bit more eased and we have an actual event space, people will be able to come along and actually get involved. We do intend to have some exhibitions as well as seminars and screenings of films in future. We're in talks, thankfully, with the connection that's popped up. Um, as to like funding for projects also. So we're hoping to be able to platform other black creatives as well as it's not just for black people to attend, it's for the community. I, we do feel like definitely it's about, in order for there to be change, a community of everybody needs to come together. So um, it's not BAME exclusive? No, it's not BAME exclusive, but quite frankly, of course, it's the black exchanges. So our target audience is black people because quite frankly, there's not many spaces that we're able to fill up and have these conversations. So that is the main target. However, it's not you know, only inclusive to them. We do welcome others. It's just our voices, quite frankly, need to be heard first and other conversations can then occur. But first and foremost, it's about listening and then you can have your input. Yeah, and uh, I think that's really important. I mean, it, it reminds me similarly of a group of incredible women that came together and formulated something called the Pink Protest. Um, that actually were instrumental in ending period poverty with Amica George. And it feels like there's similarities to it, like that as a forum, predominantly for women, but obviously boys would attend to listen and learn and educate. So it feels on a similar narrative that this space is obviously for the black people to be heard and for a community to come together to understand each other's problems and actually to support each other in a kind of, uh, they are uh, like, I'm trying to think of the Masons, the Masons who come together and they're able to lift and support each other through their different skill sets. And I think that's a very, very positive thing. Um, and it's wonderful that you still enable um, any, anyone to be involved as part of it. But obviously- Well, that's the thing. It's not necessarily about people coming together and talking about their problems. It is definitely about, with us, we're learning our history. We now have more knowledge to share. And though people will come with their personal problems and differences or opinions, it's more about, we are learning our history. We then share those um, findings and then everybody can collectively come together to learn as a community. I think it's not about solely learning and trying to you know, evolve and work towards your own goals. It's about once you've achieved certain things and once you've achieved more knowledge, you share that with your community in order for you to all flourish. Because I do feel like when it comes to the Western world, especially how Europeans have evolved, it's more so once they have knowledge or once they gain money, it stays within their own community rather than it's shared out, basically. So with us, it's about, we've already been oppressed. Now it's about trying to improve on ourselves and then hopefully, a domino effect where everybody would be able to rise together. Mm, very positive. And there is a GoFundMe attached with the Black Exchange, isn't there? Can you guys tell me a bit how people can get involved with that? Um, it's called United Against Oppression. It evolved actually after we went to the first um, protest on the Sunday. It was, what date was that? I don't that um, 
So it's so it about a week ago. A week ago now. Okay, um, so, so we're probably going to be broadcasting uh, uh, in the following week. So it's probably about two weeks ago. So this was the main. This was the one where John Boyoga was at the front speaking. No, no, no it wasn't. About, it was the very first one. The John Boyoga one happened a week after. So okay. it was right on the back of George Floyd dying, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. and we were at the first one, and from that I thought like once the protesting was over, um, we just felt an, an urge to do something. As Anna and I have discussed, protests are very effective and they make people listen. At the end of the day, you can't ignore what's going on in the world simply because everybody is protesting and collectively everybody has had enough. But with that, once protesting ends, we can't just go back to our normal day-to-day -day lives. So. United Against Oppression, though it's formed to be a GoFund, it's not just going to be for Black Lives Matter causes, it will be for all different types of causes, whether it's discrimination, whether it's Native American, whether it's women, it's going to be a, not a slogan, I don't want to use that term, but it'll be a title for different um, charity-led or organisations or projects to help other communities. And if you want to get involved and you want to support these causes and you want to put your hands in your pocket, I have got a, I have got a URL for you. I'm just pulling it up. And that's when you really rely on the internet and it doesn't work for you. But actually, <laughs> bear with me, lovely listeners. Your patience is really appreciated. Okay, so here we go. The URL if you want to get involved, is www.gofundme.com and it's hashtag United Against Oppression. Is that right, girls? I think, yeah, the, or um, another easy way of accessing it is also going through the Black Exchange um, website and there's a donate button that takes you straight to the GoFundMe from there. And our website is blackexchanges.com. Um, and yeah, from the homepage, you can go directly to the GoFundMe. Um, we've also got a whole list of resources on our website in terms of um, important talks to listen to, um, um, lots, lots of books, um, and and also films to watch and we'll be constantly updating updating those resources as well as we come across more uh that is fantastic and we can add those details in our show notes as well along with david yeah yeah so hashtag united against oppression signifies a cause fighting for justice institutionalized racism inequality human rights and discrimination so this is really, really important. And I do feel a lot of people want to know where to start. So I'm hoping that by having this conversation together on Soho Radio, that we will be starting some other conversations and hopefully instigating some change and education at the same time. Now track four is Petit Noir, Flame Fire. I haven't heard of this track before. Can you tell me a bit about it? Well, Petit Noir is an actual friend of mine and his music is always about his history, heritage and really exploring and expressing his love for the motherland of Africa. Um, the imagery that he uses, especially in this film, is all um, creative directed by Rahara and everything within it is beautiful. It's like lots of 
um, African art, black people, and you see the tribes and the heritage. So it's very pure. The music is just about basically loving your history and it's very important. And talking of history, by the way, the book Black and British, um, that the author that we were referencing is called David Olusoga, just so that we can- Thank you. <laughs> well done, us. No, thanks so much, that's great. And we will put that in the show notes. Um, okay, so this is your track four. How can we already be at track four? Let's play it for you now. So it's Sex, Lives and Videotapes on Soho Radio and I'm broadcasting from my living room which just feels so novel um, and I'm joined today by Sade and Anna from the Black Exchange. I just think how exciting you girls have come together from a point of activism, from a point of wanting to make change and you've made this thing happen. Are you feeling a sense of momentum behind the Black Exchange and people wanting to be part of it? Yeah, to be honest, it all evolved quite quickly. <laughs> um, how we started Black Exchanges, again, was about sharing our knowledge and having collective conversations. And since what's happening globally, it's just evolving to be, like you said, activism. Yeah, I think so. I think um, because these are important conversations and um, I think people really need the space to to have these conversations. So I think um, it, it's, it's been it's been quite it's been quite important. Um, I think also there are a lot of people who are contacting us through even through social media recently since what's happened with George Floyd in America and they are sharing all of their opinions and experiences and frustration with the world. And I feel what's quite incredible for us is that we had frustration with the world just simply not knowing our history and having to relearn that ourselves and now being able to be offered um, spaces where we can hold these talks as well as create access for other people to come together who are feeling these frustrations. I feel like that's quite empowering as black women, especially being able to create these spaces for everyone to come together. Yeah, because I think like um, I personally felt from um, when I was protesting, I believe it was 2017, uh, 2016, um, um, because it kind of we kind of were at a, a similar point. Well, we're, 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 con we're continually at this point um, because these things are constantly happening. It's just when it becomes, um, because there is media footage of it happening, um, then it comes to the forefront. But I think um, since then I was kind of frustrated with going to the protests after that and they're seeing a whole momentum and like a collective feeling of frustration and grief but then, then they're kind of not seeming to be action after it. Um, and the thing with Black Exchange is we've, we've been thinking about this for a while now and um, it's, 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 it's for the long haul. Um, I think at the moment we're seeing a lot of what, what I would call performative activism um, and it's, it seems to be something that's, you know, it's trending, it's trending yeah, um, it's unfortunately. Um, well, that, it, that's with that, the Blackout Tuesday. I think there was quite a lot of controversy around that because actually this isn't just one thing in one day 
through one black square Instagram post. This is something, you know, if you're, if you're really feeling it, then you need to be writing to your MP and asking why we're selling tear gas uh, to the US and, and rubber bullets. And, you know, actually activism goes beyond just posting an Instagram square because, you know, but even then, that square actually creates so, created so much. Um, it, it wasn't positive because, quite frankly, by them, by a lot of people posting this square and putting hashtag Black Lives Matter, it ended up making the Black Lives Matter feed completely black. So news that needed to go out to perhaps help people who may be in a dangerous situation on the grounds in America no longer could actually access that because everybody was putting this black square up. And so that alone was causing just uproar it was in, it was essentially um, a media thing. suppression yeah, it was a media suppression of, a, of at a critical time um, because we see it we see it um, with the difference in the narratives that we see in the media um, even like on the BBC they kept they kept saying um, that George Floyd died in custody he did not he did not get to custody um, but even with the blackout, you see it in World, World War II, World War I, whenever they didn't want to be um, targeted, everything was blacked out. So with blackout, it's not something that's just for social media. If you're blacking something out, you're silencing, you're protecting. And in all honesty, I feel like it was the media just trying to silence people to protect people from recognizing the truth as to what was going on in both America and the UK. Mm it's just it is so tragic when you actually just think of those souls that have been lost um ahmed arbery belly malinga george floyd stephen lawrence i could we could spend hours talking about saying all the names of the innocent lives that have been lost due to racism i want to take this opportunity to play your track five it's saying boy say i owe you nothing Girls, why this one? Um, I, th I think, I think because, um, I, th I think particularly in this time, it seems that it's actually a time where lots of brands and whatnot seem to want to profit uh, on black trauma. Um, and um, I, I've even had it myself with um, approaches that seem, um, inauthentic and wanting um, to um, use black trauma um, to promote brands where, where they're not actively actually doing the work. Um, so I feel like I owe you nothing is perfect. Um, even, even we're seeing with a lot of the resources that are being made available currently in terms of lists of books to read that um, promote an being anti-racist and educational resources are pri primarily being created by um, black people and POC people. Um, and even like people are still doing the labor um, even after we've been oppressed for so long. So we're, I think we're still trying and everybody wants to make the world a better place for everybody. But at the end of the day, like, I think Sainabu says it perfectly with I owe you nothing. It's Sex Lives and Videotapes on Soho Radio and today I'm joined by Sade and Anna from the Black Exchange. 
Uh, I can't believe this hour has rattled past so quickly. I felt like we've only scratched the surface. So I am going to ask you um, after the show um, just to give me any pointers so as we make sure that this radio show, this podcast that will then go out on Mixcloud, this Instagram post which will then live online, has all the information that... Uh, our lovely listeners and readers need to gain more information and to get behind the work of the Black Exchange. Now, I'd love just to hear from you about your experience of the protests in London. There was such negative media portrayal, that one horse, I mean, it was just jokes, the way they were kind of portraying it. And I just wondered, how was the experience for you? Tell me. Well, I wasn't at that protest. We only went to the one that was again um, a couple weeks, uh, a week before that. So um, we didn't we didn't witness that ourselves. But when we were at the protest, it was as peaceful as ever. I feel like the way the media are portraying these protests is just utterly ridiculous. Everybody is peaceful. Everybody is just basically everybody is grieving frustrated, angry, but we're doing it in the most peaceful way, just trying to get people to listen to us. Um, I whatsoever. There was none. So whenever the media tried to portray that things are getting widened, or of course we see some things that happen weeks after, but I wasn't there, so I'm not going to speak about something I did not witness. But when we were at the protest, we were directly actually in the front. If you look on the Evening Standard and the media, you will actually see we were directly in the front. And I felt perfectly safe. It was powerful. Yeah, and I think, sorry, Anna, go go ahead. Um, I I think I think it's I think it's it's powerful to um, to walk amongst other people who are feeling collectively the same pain and anger that you are. Um, so I guess there is some catharsis, but then also we're trying to make people listen to us. But at the same time, I think we're also frustrated because we continue talking and it appears that nobody wants to really listen. So I think there's even frustration within the actual act of protesting. Um, yeah, especially at the end of it, because like Anna said, you feel powerful when you're walking collectively mm -hmm. with people who have the same mindset as you. It does uplift you and it gives you a sense of hope. It really does. But then at the very end, when nobody's screaming and nobody's protesting you I then personally feel a slight I feel a dip in my in my emotions I feel slightly lower because then you recognize you're then going back home and you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring nobody's what protesting change yeah what is the change exactly but I feel like similarly with uh Extinction Rebellion the media was so keen to kind of create this image of like the unwashed you know in Trafalgar Square and actually the protest the speeches the activism going on around Extinction Rebellion changed policy so mm. actually protesting and activism in a, in a calm peaceful way but persistently does make it's change. Effective. It's effective definitely. So um girls track five oh no kelly it's track six can she count i'm so glad she can it's kota the friend for colored boys um this is your track six do you know what you gave me seven tracks uh, that is kind of cheeky but do you know what i'm gonna <laughs> i am gonna finish with your track seven today i normally finish with my own 
track to finish the show, but on this occasion, you're going to get it. So talk to <laughs> about Kota the Friend. Um, I, I feel like it's, it's such, it's such a, a poignant track. Um, and I think in, in the song, he addresses um, various ways in which uh, black people experience discrimination. Um, the opening line of the, of the song is like, do not have your kids in a hospital, oh, yeah. um, mm. especially if you're black. Um, even, even hospital treatments, we have statistics that say um, you're in more danger as a black person, as a black um, woman, as a black woman to die um, giving birth. To giving yeah. birth. Candice Brathwaite has spoken extensively about this, about the one in four, uh, it's one in four, one in four times more likely to die in pregnancy and maternal health. Uh, actually, this is someone I'd like to reference, Candice Brathwaite, to follow, and also Remy Sade, who are on Instagram, who talk around uh, black maternal health matters. Yeah, because I, I think um, people tend to, especially with what's going on now, and it seems that everybody is frustrated, perhaps, who didn't seem to be vocalising their frustration before, that just because when you see a, a visual de depiction of, of the old, ultimate discrimination um, when somebody actually loses their life, I think um, what, for me, is really pivotal is that Black Lives Matter and in that term, that also means black people matter whilst they're alive. Um, and I think we need to be looking at the way in which um, different areas of society um, discriminate and lack of opportunities and, and even physical dangers such as um, hospital care, um, um, education, um in the workforce i think it's it's not just it's not it's like all these little injustices let slip for bigger injustices to happen so i think when we're talking about what actions can people be making um it's about looking at the small injustices that are around you and obvious that you can you can have an impact even if it's just within your your workplace or within your family home call it out if someone says something you feel is racist, call it out. It's easier said than done for the majority of society there. This is the issue and that's the issue that we need to speak about. Track, track six, we're going to play it now. Go to the friend for Coloured Boys. People that be gossiping constantly only dare wait. Wiser assessments of situations will carry you to your So Sade and Anna, we've come almost to the end of our hour together. Thank you so much for joining me and telling me more all about you and what you're doing. Can you just give one more URL link to Black Exchange so as people can get behind it? Yeah, so it's www.blackblackexchangesexchanges.com. Excellent. And um, I'll also put uh, links to your individual sites as well, so as people can explore more about the work that you guys do. Yeah, um, with both of, um, with my, the new issue of my magazine, um, all profits will be going to United Against Oppression um, and also Sade is selling 
artwork towards yeah i have i did a lockdown series during obviously lockdown and um i'm going to be putting all of the proceeds to our charities also so the shop will have there's only two more left i fortunately sold the other two but i have two more that you are popular shada you are selling out i love it um anna when is that edition coming out of the magazine um very very shortly um it, it was slightly put on hold just because of what was going on with um, black exchanges was being prioritized. But um, you can go on um, um, the website and you can pre-order your copy. Um, I will just give you the website, which is bluemagazine.bigcartel.com and you can pre-order your copy there. Thank you so much. Girls, it's been a brilliant show. I'm so grateful for your time. And because I love you, we're going to play your track seven. <laughs> I don't think we need to give any introduction to this song, except just to say thank you so much and join me in two weeks. Uh, goodbye from Sade and goodbye from Anna. And it's goodbye from me. Here's Marvin Gaye, What's Going On? Hey, 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 what's happening? Brother, what's up? Oh, this is a hey, big party, man. Yeah, I brother, like, 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 like